College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report <laughs> to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast later in this show will be joined by Miami head coach Jim Laranega. I want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also send me your questions on Twitter. I'll get to them later in this podcast. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. And a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show. And please feel free to leave us comments. And also check out collegehoopstoday.com for breaking news, podcast, archive, stories, and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe. And we are now just 27 days away from Selection Sunday as we set the table for what is the greatest seven-week stretch in sports. And we got a taste of it on Sunday in Evanston as Northwestern, for the first time in program history, beat the number one ranked team in college basketball when the Wildcats came from behind to beat Purdue at Welsh Ryan Arena. Northwestern trending towards its second NCAA tournament berth in program history. And look, watching the game on Sunday, I had a lot of different thoughts, but here was the prevailing one. I know Purdue lost four of its top six scorers from a Sweet 16 team, including a lottery pick in Jaden Ivey, and the Boilers are still right now on track to be the number one seed in the South region of the NCAA tournament. I get that. Matt Painter's done a great job with Purdue. Matt Painter also has the National Player of the Year in Zach Eady. Chris Collins is not. And considering the fact that Chris Collins lost his two best interior players from a year ago, Pete Nance to North Carolina, Ryan Young to Duke, and he has Northwestern in position to make the NCAA tournament for the second time in program history, Chris Collins should be your Big Ten Coach of the Year. Now, Alabama with Purdue's loss is the team that I voted number one with my AP vote for this week. Alabama now again has never been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament that is trending towards something that I think looks likely to happen this season. We love trends in college basketball. Here's one. Creighton looks like this year's North Carolina. Now, I am not implying that Creighton is going to be in a situation where it goes all the way to the national title game and takes the game to the final possession, but I am saying this. Creighton looks the part of a team that had struggles during the regular season, recalibrated itself in the middle of the regular season, and plays deep into the NCAA tournament. The Jays can win with offense. They can win with defense. They had a nice win at home against UConn on Saturday. Creighton with a real chance to win a Big East regular season title. Another team that has an inside track on a regular season title in its conference, UCLA. The Bruins now with a two-game lead over Arizona in the Pac-12 after Arizona Arizona lost Saturday night to Stanford, and UCLA won at Oregon. Here's something you got to keep an eye on for UCLA. UCLA, as of today, Monday, February 13th, only has 
four quad one wins. But UCLA will have quad one opportunities as of today at Utah, at Colorado, home against Arizona, and in the Pac-12 tournament. UCLA could make a late push toward the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. 21-4 and right now under Mick Cronin. Now, who can make a run deep into the NCAA tournament out of the ACC? I think it might be Miami. What does Jim Laranaga think? We'll find out when the head coach of the Hurricanes joins the College of State podcast with John Rothstein coming up next. And before we chat with Miami's Jim Laranaga, I want to tell you about Indeed. When drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish to do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. The hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You can spend hours on other job sites or handle everything with Indeed. With Indeed's powerful hiring tools like instant match assessments and virtual interviews, you are in control and the candidates always measure up. If waiting is not for you, discover Indeed where data shows that 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume matches the moment they sponsor a job. So join a winning team trusted by over 3 million businesses worldwide. Go to Indeed.com slash college hoops and start hiring now. Indeed, when you're growing your own business, you must make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash college hoops to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash college hoops. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Miami is 20-5 and five through 25 games, one of the best teams in the ACC. The head coach of the Hurricanes is Jim Laranega. He now joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. And coach, what do you think your reaction would have been if somebody told you you're going to lose Charlie Moore, you're going to lose Cam Augusti, you're going to lose Sam Wardenberg off an Elite Eight team, and you're going to win 80% of your first 25 games? Yeah, I would be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this team, Coach, has been incredibly consistent. You have not had a losing streak this season. How has the chemistry been so great? Well, John, I'll tell you, very, very honestly, it started right in the very beginning. Uh, The first week in July, we had our two transfers and our four freshmen arrive on campus, and they immediately clicked with the returning players. Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack developed a great relationship. They'd spend all their time in the gym, shooting drills, one-on-one, playing pickup ball. Norshad O'Meara's personality, high-energy guy. Everybody immediately loved the guy. He's a relentless rebounder, a monster on the glass. Everybody loves playing with him. So between the, the transfers and the freshmen making such a smooth transition, it was kind of easier for my staff to implement our offense and defensive game plans, even though, even knowing that that uh, we were going to be very short, you know, even shorter than we were last year, given the fact that Sam Wardenberg is six ten and Norshad O'Meara is only six seven. 
Well, you mentioned, obviously, that you're going to be really, really short, and you are small and quick. This is, though, the second year in a row that you're playing small ball with four guards on the floor, and you're not just a good team. You are a great watch with the way you share the ball and play together. Now that you've done this for two years and have had so much success, is this style of basketball the type of skeleton you want to play moving forward at Miami? Well, honestly, I'd love to do it, but one of the reasons we've been able to do it so effectively is Jordan Miller. He plays the four, I guess you'd call him a four-man. He guards guys who are 6'10", 7 feet. He also switches on to guys who play the point or the two or three. He's so versatile. He handles the ball so well. One of the things we've emphasized more this year is letting Jordan handle the ball Against Louisville the other night, he had six assists. Uh, in a previous game, he had seven assists. And during the summer and fall, his assist-to-turnover ratio was seven to one. So my coaches and I decided, hey, we just got to incorporate more uh, uh, involvement in Jordan handling the ball. And we've done that, and he's done a terrific job of making good decisions for us. From your perspective, how would you compare this year's team versus last year's team? Well, what's interesting to me is Sam Wardenberg was a tremendous team defender. Uh, he was a great passer and a terrific three-point shooter. Uh, Norshad O'Meara is, is none of those things. Norshad O'Meara is an interior player, a great rebounder. Uh, he's learning uh, defense. He's, he's got to guard much bigger guys, which is new to him. In the Sun Belt Conference where he played at Arkansas State, he normally guarded guys mostly around his size. So he's made the adjustment defensively, and as he progresses, we've progressed. And uh, I think that this, this team has some similarities, but we're still very different. Charlie Moore was a tremendous point guard. Nigel Pack is a great shooter. He's playing the point for us, but we often run plays for him to get three-point shots. Miami head coach Jim Laranega joining the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein, Hurricanes 20-5 and five through 20 games. Miami was ahead of the curve, coach, during your tenure at building with transfers and maximizing a redshirt year. The game has changed. There's now immediate eligibility in college basketball. What is it like building a team with immediately eligible transfers versus building a program via redshirt? You know, John, I think it's a complicated process now due to the transfer portal. But back when, when we first arrived at Miami, we had a number of transfers that did great, especially Shane Larkin, who was the ACC Player of the Year, a transfer from DePaul. Even though he never played a game at DePaul, he, he was going to be a freshman there. I went to summer school, didn't work out, decided to transfer right away, didn't have to sit out, so his freshman year – he was on the old rookie team his sophomore year. He led us to the ACC regular season and tournament championship. We followed that up by signing Angel Rodriguez and, and Sheldon McClellan. We followed that up with, with Charlie Moore and, and uh, Jordan Miller. So we haven't gone after a large volume of, of uh, transfers, but we want guys who can have a great impact. And we've been very, very fortunate the guys who have selected to come here as transfers have done very, very well. For a school in our situation who competes in the ACC against the Dukes and Carolinas, it's very hard for us to get like a McDonald's All-American. We've had a right. couple, but, but it's just hard to beat the Blue Bloods. 
So we've been able to to uh, uh, make the adjustment by signing some really terrific transfers. Well, and you had mentioned, you know, one of those transfers, Nigel Pack, you know, came from Kansas State. He's been a great shooter. He's been a great addition. He has joined a gentleman in your per, on your perimeter, Isaiah Wong, who was a big part of last year's team that went to the, the Elite Eight. Why has the chemistry between Wong and Pack been so good? Well, Isaiah Wong is one of those guys that came in as a freshman and earned his playing time via just improving his skill level. He played some as a freshman, all conferences as a sophomore and junior, and and he's a basketball junkie. He's never had a day of practice where he hasn't given us 100%. He's never had a game where he didn't try his best. And and I think Nigel and he are both gym rats, and because of that, they respect each other tremendously on the court and off the court. And once they develop that on-the-court chemistry, it clicked for our whole team. Now, another person who I look at in your rotation who's kind of like the unsung presence but could be part of the future of Miami is Wooga Poplar. I was going over the numbers recently. When Wooga Poplar scores in double figures, Miami has not lost the game. Why is he maybe the X factor? Well, Wooga Poplar has moved into Cam Augusti's uh, position as the third guard on the perimeter. He's a tremendous athlete, and, and he can shoot it. He can drive it. What we've worked on with Wooga, which has helped him dramatically, especially getting into double figures, is his pull-up jump shot. And I think that's actually his best weapon. He's become a tremendous defensive player, and we've always assigned him like the leading scorer on the other team. Like he'll, he'll take Caleb Love tonight. He's not going to guard Baycott, who's the leading scorer, but – the leading guard scorer is Caleb Love, and Wooger will take him on because he's six four, six five, athletic as can be, and has become a tenacious defender. By bringing him along and him joining Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong in our backcourt, with Jordan Miller's ball handling being so crucial to the offensive chemistry, and Norshad O'Meara inside, we have all five starters who are capable of scoring double-figure points. And that's something you're going to need against, obviously, the better teams in the ACC down the stretch. As you evaluate the Tar Heels tonight, Coach, obviously they haven't had the season maybe people thought, but they've still got four starters back from a team that went to the national title game. What are the biggest keys in this matchup? Well, the Carolina was uh, the preseason number one team in the country because of getting to the national championship game last year. And they have those players returning. They've added Pete Vance to the starting lineup. They have all the weapons they need to have a great team and great games. Uh, the key tonight is they're coming off of a Clemson win. They beat Clemson by 20, who was sitting in first place for a majority of the ACC regular season. So they're playing their best basketball right now. And we have to play our best basketball tonight. We have to be great defensively. They're number one in the ACC in offensive rebound percentage and in getting to the foul line. We've got to prevent those two things from happening. We have the defensive rebound, and we've got to keep them off the foul line. And then at our end, at the offensive end, we've got to have good balance in our offense. We can't just rely on our Isaiah or Nigel. We have to have four or five guys in double figures. 
Now, this is the time of year, as you well as know as anybody, that you know every game is going to count if you're trying to win a regular season title. At Miami, that's something that you had done before. You did it in 12-13 when you had Shane Larkin, and that team went to the Sweet 16. How much has Jim Laranega talked to this group at Miami about being the second team in your tenure to win an outright ACC regular season title? Never. Never talk about that. We talk about the regular season being a marathon and that there can be no let-up. You've got to keep grinding all the way through because you never know what's going to happen. You know, uh, Carolina was picked preseason number one. Duke was in the top five. Virginia in the top ten. Right? But there's a scramble throughout the year. You lose a few games. You have an injured player. Uh, Virginia Tech was picked very high in the preseason poll. But they had a couple of key injuries that slowed them down. You have to grind it out in the regular season. You won't know if you have a shot at the regular season title until March, until you see, unless you're out of it. But if you're one of the teams that's hovering uh, in the top four or five, it's going to be the games in March that determine where you finish. Miami head coach Jim Laranega joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein, Hurricanes, 20-5 and five through 25 games. You know, when you were at George Mason, you wrote one of the great scripts in sports history when you took George Mason to the Final Four, and that opened up the eyes of many to the parody and the unpredictability in college basketball. But 2006, when you did it, really, I think, what wouldn't come close to what we're seeing today in terms of the parity in the sport. From your perspective, why do you think things are so balanced across the board today? Well, I think the transfer portal has had a lot to do with it because young men today are very impatient and looking for their playing time. And so a guy who is really good, who's at the mid-major level, starts to think, man, maybe I can play in the Power Five. Maybe I can play in the ACC, Big East, Big Ten. So after the season is over, he explores his possibilities. He has his parents, his AAU coach, his high school coach, who may even be encouraging him to explore his options. And then you have the players who are maybe at the high majors who are very good players but haven't earned the playing time they're looking for, who choose to, to – uh, transfer to a mid-major school and get plenty of opportunity to play. But if you look at our league, you look at, at Carolina, they got Pete Nance. You look at, at Duke, they got Ryan Young. You, you look at Virginia Tech, they got Basile. All these guys are transfers. Virginia has Vanderplas. Those, those guys are all transfers that have made an impact in the ACC. And I know the ACC has lost some guys We've had a great impact at other schools. There's no doubt about that. So from your perspective, you obviously have established Miami as one of the top programs in the ACC. Can you build a program anymore in this era, or are you building a team on an annual basis? Well, I think it's both. I don't think you can do one without the other. Because when you're trying to build for one year, that player who might be transferring in or you might sign him out of high school, he's looking to see what kind of tradition you have, what kind of success you've had. One of the statistics I've just used recently, and if I asked you this, who has the best record in the ACC in the last 35 conference games? What team has the best record, John? In the last 35 conference games? Yes, yeah, so like two and a half years. I'm on with you, so I'll say Miami. Miami. 
<laughs> 25 and 10. It's the best record of any team in the ACC. How many times would anybody guess Miami has had that much success over the last two and a half years? Yeah, there's no question. And obviously success like that and the other successes that you've had have put you in position to be nominated for the Naismith Hall of Fame. What was it like getting that call, Coach? Well, I didn't get a call. I I was asked to come into our practice facility and watch a video. And I said, well, what's the video about? I said, no, you just got to see it. So I went into the practice facility. They had the, the, the video set up. The team was sitting around. Uh, and they, they turned on the video, and it was my grandsons. Mm-hmm. And my grandsons announced to me that, that I was a first-time nominee for the National Basketball Hall of Fame. And I turned to my, my coaches and said, is that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> and they well, said, Coach, no, it's, it's true. So that's how I learned about it. Well, I know obviously that situate that process will play itself out here over the next couple of months, and it's obviously such an honor to be nominated. But covering you for as long as I have, I know the one thing that really drives you is getting back to another Final Four. And you were close last year and had a lead against Kansas in the Elite Eight. And I said this to you after the game, and we've talked about it a couple of times, I have never seen a team play better in a half than Kansas did against you last season. How much have you reflected on that game and that opportunity since it concluded? Yeah, I talked to the team a lot and this year's team a lot early. Uh, We talked about how we were able to get a six-point lead on Kansas in the Elite Eight game. But at halftime, everything changed. Kansas took it up a notch and we were not able to sustain the effort we did in the first half. They outran us. And I tell my team all the time that the game of basketball is a sprint. It's a race. The more times you can outrun the opponent for getting layups and open threes, the greater your chance for success. The second half of our Kansas game, they outran us. It's one of the keys to our game tonight against Carolina. Teams that are really, really good in the open court that can score before the other team's defense gets set is normally the winner. So we got to get to the point where we can outrun every single opponent we play. Well, in addition to that, and this is the final thing, in addition to obviously being in a situation where you can outrun any team you play, what are the other keys for this team, this group, to getting back to that spot in an Elite Eight and having a chance to take you to your second Final Four? Well, there's two categories we always talk about, and that is rebounding. As a small team, we need to really work at team rebounding, gang rebounding. We've out-rebounded our last four opponents, and we've won all four games. The second category is turnovers. We can't, we can't uh, turn the ball over a lot, but we have to force a lot of turnovers. We have to win the turnover battle. So if we can do that, we're going to be in great shape every night. Coach L, appreciate a couple minutes on a game day. I know you're busy. Have a great game against North Carolina, and as always, look forward to staying connected along the way. My pleasure, John.
We'd like to thank Miami head coach Jim Laranega for joining us on the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Want to remind you, subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your college basketball Bible for the season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you, check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show, and please feel free to leave us comments. And also, check out collegehoopstoday.com for breaking news, podcast, archive, stories, and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe. And I want to tell you about Factor. The new year is well underway. If you resolve to eat right and live healthy, I have a team that can help Factor Meals. Head to factormeals.com slash hoops50 for ready-to-eat meals delivered to your door. No more store checkouts, long lines, and hasty decisions. Factor Meals are fresh, never frozen, and ready to enjoy in minutes. Veggie, vegan, keto, calorie smart, and protein plus are on the weekly menu. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has the meals. Choose from 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved full meals or an assortment of 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and other add-ons. Cut back on takeout and stay on a healthy track with America's best ready-to-eat meal kit, Factor Meals, helping you live your best year ever. Cut back on takeout and eat right. Factor is cheaper than takeout, and most meals are ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash hoops50 and use code hoops50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code hoops50 at factormeals.com slash hoops50 to get 50% off your first box. Time now for our social media portion of the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Send me your questions on Twitter. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. I get so excited to answer questions as we're just 27 days away from Selection Sunday. First question, and it is going to be from Brian Costaldo. John, is Miami the ACC team with the best chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament? I'm going Miami and Virginia. Still feel with Virginia's perimeter, its experience, and its defensive mindset. Virginia and Miami, both I would say, have an equal chance to go far in the NCAA tournament. Seth Down Bad wants to know, do you think Michigan State makes a run in the tournament? Seth, it all depends on the matchups. You know, Michigan State, people forget, was very, very competitive with Duke last year in the round of 32 before losing to the Blue Devils, beat Dave Davidson in the round of 64. Michigan State definitely, if it gets the right matchups, can be really effective in the NCAA tournament. Zach Grieber wants to know, how loud is College Park going to be on Thursday? It's going to be like the spring break capital of the Northeast, Zach. Maryland and Purdue, another great Big Ten game on Thursday. Maryland in all my years, too, has been a place that I've thought was second to none in terms of seeing a game. Great vibe, great atmosphere, great student section. It is a tremendous thing, a tremendous event for that campus. It's why you see so many Maryland games viewed as an event. One of the reasons I think Kevin Willer took that job and left Seton Hall. Jonathan, Jonathan Zagatunski wants to know, why isn't UCLA being talked about more as a title contender? You know, Jonathan, I think we'll see that as time progresses here. I think that UCLA, again, is a victim of the East Coast bias, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just think that games are played very late often on the West Coast. Saturday night's game against Oregon was a great win for UCLA. did not start till 10 o'clock Eastern time. That's a factor. But UCLA, again, if Jalen Clark can be a third all-conference caliber player, 
with Jaime Jaquez, who was incredible against Oregon, with Tiger Campbell, UCLA can go to a Final Four. Now, if Jalen Clark and Amari Bailey can play as real offensive threats, UCLA can win national championship. Now, let's get to some nuggets. Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. But you were close. Nugget number one, Creighton's unsung presence. I'm talking about Sharif Mitchell, the defensive stopper, held Jordan Hawkins of UConn to just 11 points in Saturday's win. This is a name to watch moving forward for Creighton. Nugget number two, Uday's impact. Kansas freshman and big man Ernest Uday had 14 points and six rebounds in 25 minutes over his last two games. This is another guy to keep in mind in the Big 12 race that could play a big role for Kansas. Nugget number three, it's a long road. Things are not going to get easy any easier for Kentucky this week. The Wildcats travel to Mississippi State, who just won at Arkansas on Wednesday, and then will host Tennessee on Saturday at Rupp Arena. Nugget number four, Hart and Saul. How about this? Maryland is 12-2 and this season, games where Hakeem Hart scores in double figures. Nugget number five, Logan is lethal. St. Mary's Logan Johnson is playing the best offensive basketball of his career, 65 points in his last two games. Now, let's get some games to watch. Games to watch. Games to watch. Tuesday, Creighton travels to Providence, plus Kansas goes to Oklahoma State. Phil Self at his alma mater. Wednesday, Alabama at Tennessee. Xavier at Marquette. And Thursday, Purdue is at Maryland. like to thank Miami head coach Jim Laranega for joining the College of Today podcast with John Rothstein. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. This was the College of Today podcast with John Rothstein. 